Shalom Aleichem, everybody. Thank you for coming. Special pleasure to welcome my father who's here. I want to welcome our friend Yossi who came with Mesiris Nefesh. Wish you a full shlema. And as the Pasuk tells us, Ragli Chasid of Yishmar. The Yifud of the Chasidim. Abish to protect. Mr. Shem, Yifud should have a complete healing. Your full shlema karev. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Hashem, we have 10. Special thank you to our friend Ari and his son Dovi for arranging the food. As always, very much appreciated. Shout out to our friends at Car for the wonderful spread here. And thank you everybody else for coming. Very much appreciated out in the <clears throat> cold evening. And thank you anybody listening on the podcast. Very much appreciated as well. Hashem, we are holding in the wonderful days of Chodesh Adar, approaching Purim. And also, the parashia is discussing the building of the Mishkan, starting with this week's parasha, Parshas Truma, and next week, Tzavei and Gal, continuing till the end of the, of the Chumash, five parashias. And the Pasuk tells us, we all know the Pasuk, Vasuli Migdash V'Shachanti B'Soycham. The Eivishter wants a house for him to dwell in amongst us, V'Shachanti B'Soycham, so his Shechina could be here with us in this world. Yeah. And the, this place, the Mishkan, is really the center, the focal point of the relationship between Klal Yisrael and the Rebbeinah Shalom. The Pasuk tells us, The Rebbeinah Shalom says, from here, from the Mishkan, from the Kodesh HaKadoshim, the Arayin is where the Rebbeinah Shalom is going to deliver his message to Moshe Rabbeinu, who in turn is going to tell it to Klal Yisrael. The Rebbeinah Shalom's requests and his commandments, it's all coming out of this place, this amazing place of the Alkamasa Mishkan. And even though today we don't have a Mishkan, we don't have a Beis Hamikdash, but the concept of a Mokim, of a house for the Rebbeinah Shalom still exists. It's the Mikdash Ma'at where we're sitting right now. The shuls, the batiknesiyas, the batimedrashayas, that's where the Rebbeinah Shalayim dwells. <coughs> and it all started over here with the Mishkan. So, with that in mind, very interesting question. The Pasuk tells us, how are they going to build the Mishkan? The Klayusol should donate the money and the items that the Mishkan needs to be built. Now, by definition, a donation means something that's optional. You cannot coerce someone and force someone to give a donation. That's not a donation. That's a tax. That's a fee. Donation means it's coming from out of the person's goodwill. As the Pasuk says, His heart desires to donate. And we have to understand, if this is the foundation of the relationship, the manifestation of the Rebbeinu Shalom's connection to us, it happens here in this house, in the Mishkan, then it would seem to make sense that this should be built, not as a optional thing, if you want to give, if you don't want to, don't give. No, but this should be a chiv, a mitzvah, every single year. <coughs> you want to partake, you want to be part of this, you're part of Klal Yisrael. So automatically, you have to have 
a connection to this great house of the Mishkan, and as a result, you have to give something towards building it. This should be our first obligation. Nonetheless, the Torah tells us, no. It's a donation. Why? So, that's one interesting question. You know, we also, we know that the concept of giving tzedakah and donating and chesed is, is very much ingrained in our psyche as Klal Yisrael. It's something that we do. And it's something that here in the Parsha was the first time that Klal Yisrael was asked. They were urged to do this. You know, they were given the opportunity and the option of donating, of giving tzedakah. And it's something that continues till today. You know, on the Meaningful People podcast, they, they, um, in a recent interview, they interviewed the head of the Lakewood Bikacholim. Lakewood Bikacholim is a uh, very big organization that deals with anything involving people who aren't well, people who have to go to the hospital and the like. The head of it is a, name, a man by the name of Yehuda Kassir. And they ask him at the end of the interview, what's your message? Like, you know, the, your final message. A very interesting interview discussing many fascinating stories and, and, and uh, different things that he was involved with. He's the founder? He's not the founder, no. But he was brought in as, as, the, uh, as the CEO or Sir chairman. And he says, I want Kalal Yisrael to know anybody who's in need, who's sick, Kalal Yisrael has your back. We got your back. There's so many organizations, whether it's organizations that arrange transportation or food in the hospital, or organizations that help with referrals, organizations that can help you with doctors, or with insurance, we've got your back, we've got you covered. Don't worry, Kalal Yisrael has your back, that's who we are. And he says himself some very interesting stories. He, he, uh, <coughs> by COVID, you know, the height, the peak of COVID, which is, uh, we're almost approaching three years, you know, just around this time three years ago. So, um, you know, people were in the hospital, as we all remember, there were no ventilators. And there was a terrible shortage of it. They get a phone call in the Bikr Cholim from uh, a hospital that, that, that uh, some of the, the patients from Lakewood had gone to. And they said, there's people, patients here, and we're going to take them off the ventilators. You're taking them off the ventilators, that, that, that means one thing, it means death. Yeah. Why are you doing that? He says, because their situation is very, 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 very bad anyway. So there's a good chance they're going to die, and we have patients who are coming in in much better shape, and we'd rather save their lives, you know, at least, you know, that's more of a guarantee that they're going to be saved. And these folks, we think they're going to die anyway. So he says, wait a second, no, 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 not so fast. He goes, he speaks to the board, whatever, and they were able to arrange to buy a large amount of ventilators on the market, on the free market. There are ventilators that you can buy. Uh, you know, with the, with the right price, with the right funds. And they, they bought these ventilators. And he says, you have today in Lakewood, two people were walking around, healthy, well, regular people, because they were able to buy those ventilators that literally saved their lives. They bought the ventilators, they brought them to the hospital, and they were, those, patients, those patients were put on those ventilators. And that's how their lives were saved. So it really just shows you what Claudia Searle does. And, and, you know, I, I, there are many other stories of many other People what? People stepped up to the plate. Yeah. That's what Claudia Sol does. But we have to understand again, why is this something that's at the foundation of the Mishkan? 
is meant to be a donation. We know, we look here in the sign, Mishanichnas Adar Marbin Besimcha, it's a Gemara and Tainis, that just like in Chaydish Av and Matim Besimcha, Kach Mishanichnas Adar Marbin Besimcha. What exactly does that mean, Marbin Besimcha? How does it manifest itself? What are we supposed to do? And how do we do it? So there's, these are big in Yonim. And I want to start off with a story, which I think we shared here once. Told over by Rabbi Meir Zlotowicz, the legendary founder of Art Scroll. Uh, there was a period in his life when he was uh, newly married. He was living in Bar Park, and he dove in, in the Kapishnan Sashul, Bar Park. This is in the, uh, I guess, the 19, late 1960s, when the old Kapishnan Sarebo was still alive, who, as it's well known, was a very big Baal Chesed. And the, uh, the shul, together, they went with the Rebbe to make matzahs, chabura matzahs for Pesach, at a matzah bakery. So after they finished, so the Rebbe gave tips to all the workers in the, in the bakery. Okay. Now it's Erev Pesach, and of course by the Rebbe, so there's something called Erev Pesach matzahs. <coughs> it's a big thing. Uh, you go uh, after Chatzais to the bakery, and you bake matzahs, whatever, with Yechudim and all kinds of things. So Rabbi Zlotowicz went again with the Rebbe and I guess a few other people to bake them the uh, Erev Pesach matzahs. You know, it's a small, much smaller, uh, much smaller amount, but it's a big thing. And after they finish, so the Rebbe gives again a tip to the workers. And Rabbi Zlotowicz says to him, Rebbe, you just gave them a few days ago a tip. You were Yitzah already. So the Rebbe turns to him and he says to him, Mayor, I didn't come to this world to be Yitzah. I didn't come here to be Yitzah. That's not my job. So, what is the idea here? Above and beyond. Right. So, like Chaim said, Rabbi Salter actually uh, says this. You know, we have the Shulchan Aruch, which we all follow, Baruch Hashem, and we're supposed to follow. So, Rabbi Salter, the Shulchan Aruch really is only the beginning point. That's the starting point. You've got to follow the halacha, you know, whether it involves keeping Shabbos or keeping kosher, everything as, as, as it's meant and as we all do. But from there, there's so many levels that you can go up above and beyond. And everybody, based on their level and where they're standing in life, there's really no limit to how far you can go with this. And we know this. You know, there's so many mitzvahs that we could be yoytzeh, really, with the beer basics. For example, you know, the classic mitzvah of Zabraminim. You know, to an esrog that's, you know, that, that to the naked eye is yellow, is a kosher esrog. <laughs> Which means that it could be full of dots and all kinds of things. But, you know, if it looks yellow, it's good enough. You know, hundreds of years ago in Europe, when the people were very poor, that's what they used. Uh, um, one hada- the hadasim, you know, if you have just a few leaves on an entire stick, it's good. And the lulav also, you know, even if it's totally separated, but if you take something and you tie it together, and it puts it, holds it together, it's okay, you'll be, you're fulfilling the mitzvah. But of course nobody does that. We go above and beyond. We like to do what we do, because that's who we are. We don't try to do the basics. We try to go above and beyond. Rabbi Kroll tells over an interesting story, uh, which he heard from a friend of his who was a, a Rav in, in Holland, in Amsterdam. The friend was a Kayan. The, the Rav said, somebody in his congregation is a Kayan. What? And uh, so, um, so yeah, so, so there was a Kayan. And they just, they had to open up a, a, a new, they, they happened to have opened up a new base Chaim. So this man who likes to do mitzvahs, obviously as a kayin, you're not allowed to go into a base of Chaim. So he says, you know, let me go, I'll be the first one to dig the grave there. He dug the first caver there. That's why he has a chalik. In, a chalik in, in, uh, in what? In Alvay something that, that a kayin normally do. doesn't have any shaykhs to. That's so Klai Yisrael, that's who we are as Klai Yisrael. 
We're always looking to go above and beyond, like the Rebbe said. We're not here to be Yitzhi. It's about a relationship that we have with the Rebbe Nesheleilam. And that really is the way to understand what's happening here in the Parsha. That if it's a matter of, you know, we do this, you do that, <coughs> then of course, you know, the Ebishtah tells us, you build a Mishkan for me, you have to do it, you have to give. But what this symbolizes, the Mishkan symbolizes, is much more than that. That there's a, a loving relationship happening here. A loving relationship. The Rebbein Shalom wants to dwell among us. He wants to be part of us. He wants him to be part of him. So says the Rebbein Shalom, this has to be done in a way that's coming from your heart. In a way of a donation. Because that is the type of relationship that we have with the Rebbein Shalom. Not a relationship of being Yaitse. If it would be just to be Yaitse, then of course we would have to give. No, no. It's a relationship of love in which you're giving because you want to give. And for that, that has to be done on a foundation of love, a foundation of nidva slave, of giving from the heart. The Medrash tells us by Haman, so he did a gairel, as we read about in the Megillah, he did a poor, and every single month of the year, he found the Klal Yisrael has a schus, so for example, Nisan, they have Pesach, and uh, you know, every single month has a schus, I don't remember what everything, every single month was, he finally reached the last month of the year, which is Adar, and he says, there's nothing here. There's no schus for Klal Yisrael. And Moshe Rabbeinu happened to have died in that month as well. So he was very happy. He was very happy. Now, why, what's, what's going on here? Well, why is Haman so happy? We have to understand that Haman was not a foolish person. He was a very smart person. And he knew the relationship between Klal Yisrael and the Rebbeinu Shalalem. And that we're dependent on the Rebbeinu Shalalem's protection. So he was looking as a Russia, as, as a Malik, to find a way to somehow, somehow sever that connection. And he's looking every single month. There's something going on that we do to build the strength in our relationship with the Rebbeinah Shalalim until this Chaydash There's no mitzvahs in Chaydash There's nothing happening. So Haman says, you know what? Okay, now we have the opportunity. And he knew also that's why he, he arranged the Mishnah Chashverish and he made sure that Klai will come and he made sure that they're going to do Averis over there. He knew. He knew that in order for him to carry out his plan of destroying Klai Yisrael, we have to be vulnerable. And the only way we're vulnerable is if we lose the Rebbeinah Shalalim's protection. So finally he finds the right time and the right month and he says, ah, very happy, and it came on Chodesh Adar. And he's right in a certain sense. If our relationship with the Rebbeinah Shalom will be one of, we do this and you do that in exchange, like a business type of relationship, absolutely right. There's absolutely nothing protecting us. So we, not, we don't have what to stand on during this time. But what he didn't realize is that the relationship is much deeper. It's a bond of love. It's a bond of connection between us and the Rebbeinu Shalolim. And Mimela, being that that's the type of relationship that we have, so it doesn't matter that it's a month with no chusim. it doesn't matter that we don't have the mitzvahs to protect us, and there's even Averis Chalila. But, but the bottom line is, ultimately though, the foundation of the relationship, as we see here in the Mishkan, that is something that you cannot cut off. That is something that's not being severed. And Mimela, that's why the Rebbeinu Shalolim ultimately protected Klai Yisrael, and saved us from the Gzair of Haman. The Medrash tells us, very interesting, we know that the Mazel of Adar is Dagim, as we see, uh, not here, this time, but, oh, it says, yes, right, oh, and he's going fishing, right, absolutely. So Haman said, Kishem Shad Dagim Boilin, you know, the fish, the big fish swallow the small ones. Kachani I'm going to swallow them too, I'm going to swallow up Klai Yisrael. But the Rebbein Shalom said to him, no, 
Rochelle. You're right, sometimes the fish are swallowed, but sometimes the fish are the ones who swallow. You're going to be the one who's going to be swallowed up. You're going to be swallowed up by Klal Yisrael, because I'm the one who's protecting them. So now we understand what Chodesh Adar is all about, and the Indian of Simcha that we have here. You know, it's interesting, all of us go to work, you know, every single day, unless we're retired, but the studies show that Monday is the day that has the most heart attacks out of the year. We have a solid guy here, he can tell us more about it. Monday, more than 20% more than other days of the week. So Chaim wants to know why not, why? Because Monday is the day that people go back to work. People go back to work, and you know, unless you're from those, uh, you know, few people who love what they do, and as the expression goes, love what you do, you don't go work a day in your life, you know, most people are not that excited to go back to work. So Monday, you know, Monday morning, you know, it's after a weekend, spending time with the family and whatnot, you know, you have to go back. So people are having heart attacks, unfortunately. So that's how it works in the, in, in the world of business, in the world of occupation. I do what I have to do, but I'm not excited about it. But our relationship with the Rabbi Nishalaylam is not that type. No, no, no. It's a happy relationship. It's one that connects us to the source, as we said. We're connecting to the Rebbeinu Shalom, to his essence, and he's connecting to us. And that should give us, really, a tremendous sense of happiness. Because nobody else in the world has that connection like we do. Interview, there was an interview, again, of Meaningful People, with a fellow named Ari Blau. Ari Blau uh, is a former comedian who had a dream in life. He's, he's a, a Jewish guy, he had a dream in life, and that is to make it big in Hollywood. And he was well on his way to reaching that goal. He was, in addition to being an up-and-coming comedian, he was also um, working on the set on a, well, on a TV show called The Late Late Show. And he was up-and-coming, slowly moving up the ranks, getting closer and closer to making it big. But at one point, he went on a birthright trip and the Pintalayid was awakened. And he decided, you know what, I really have to investigate and look more into this and you know, find out, you know, that something, something is missing and something, is in my, something in my heart is yearning that I don't get in Hollywood, and I find it over here. So he ended up eventually becoming a Balshuva, together with his wife, who herself was also an actress and an up-and-coming, up-and-coming actress. And today, Ari Blau learns of the Mary Yeshiva in Yerushalayim. He's in there by Elephant's Shear, he's learning Yivamis. And he's living the life of a Kailal Yingaman in Yerushalayim. And he says, you know, after going through how everything unfolded and how him and his wife became from, he says, you know, the uh, glitz and the glamour that you see in Hollywood, he says, it's all, it's all a facade, it's all a lie. For example, the talk show hosts that you, know, you sometimes see on television, the talk shows, he says, it's all staged. First of all, they know the questions in advance. There's teleprompters, so they can know, they, you know, if they forget what they're supposed to answer, they'll read it off the teleprompters. And afterwards, everything is edited. The whole thing is one big facade. And a lot of these actors who seem so nice and pleasant, really, in real life, totally not. Not good people at all. And he says, you know, my message, you know, they ask him also at the end, what's your message? You know, what will you say? Like, final thoughts. And he says, you don't have to search anywhere else for happiness, because we have it right here. Right here in Yiddishkeit, we have the happiness. Don't look anywhere else. It's right here.
And Bavigdor Miller says the same thing. Each, inside each and every one of us, there's tremendous resources of happiness. Unfortunately, life comes in the way, and we kind of let that, those sources get clogged up. So all we have to do during this time of year, Chaydesh Adar, is to remove that blockage, and then the happiness is just going to flow. Because that's what it's supposed to be, and especially us Yidin. We have every single reason, as we said. Who else has the connection that we have to the Rebbeinu Shalolim? The connection that we have to His Torah? The, the connection that we have one to the other? Nobody else has it, just us. That should fill us with simcha. And you know, you look at little kids, they're always happy. And if they fall down, they cry. Or they, you know, they get into a fight with their friends, they cry. But, you know, a few minutes later, everything is fine and they're happy again. Because really, that's the natural... Right? That's the natural tendency of the human being. Shalom to be happy, and that's how the Rebbeinu Shalem created us. And now we understand what Chayda Shadar is all about. Celebrating this unique and awesome relationship that we have with the Rebbeinu Shalem. And it came out during this time of year on Purim, when the Rebbeinu Shalem said to Haman, you know, this is not a logical connection, one that's based on reciprocal, you give me and I give you. But this is a relationship of love, as we said. The Masilas Yisharim says very nicely, you know, talking about the Midah of Chesidus. He says, somebody who loves the Rebbeinu Shalaylam, so you're not going to look for ways to, you know, find ways around doing mitzvahs, find ways of exempting yourself from doing it. No, other Abba. Like a son loves his father, like my father's right here. So you're going to try to find ways to make him happy. He says, that's the type of relationship that we're supposed to have with the Rebbeinu Shalaylam. Don't say, oh, you know, how was Yoytze? No, no. We want to bring the Rebbein Shleilam Nachas. Just like he loves us, we try to love him, and we try to do things above and beyond because we know that that's what will make him happy. And if he's happy, then of course we're happy. Not an easy madrego, but certainly during this time of Chaydesh Adar, the month of love, so that's certainly something that we can remind ourselves from time to time to work on, to strengthen that connection. And then, you know, Rabbi Shalom is going to, in turn, shower his love on us and give us all the simcha and everything that we need. You know, very interesting. It's an interesting quote, actually, from a, a non-Jewish, uh, a secular writer. And he says, you know, people are always checking their phones. You know, we all do it. We're checking our phones because we're looking for that dopamine rush. You know, the, as we, you know, we, we discussed this, the phones are designed to give you that, that uh, feeling of dopamine. Like, you know, oh, you, know, you got the, the bells, you got the lights. You click on it, boom, there's dopamine being released in your brain. You know, it gives you that sense of, oh, you know, there's something here to look at. And that's why we're always doing it. You know, we, we become conditioned to constantly checking our phones. That's how it was designed, with that in mind. But he says, maybe really, we're fooling ourselves. And the dopamine really is going to come, not from checking your phone every few minutes, but actually by spending time with yourself. Don't look, don't look for happiness over here. Look for happiness over here. And I saw an interesting advertisement this week from uh, some, some inspirational uh, hotline or something, and they said, you spend most of your life, you know, we're... In your mind. So why not try to make your mind a happy place? Very interesting quote. We're spending most of our time in our mind. That's where we are, obviously. So we have to try to work to make that place happy.
So we'll be happy. <coughs> and Chodesh Adar is certainly the time to work on it. And as we said, by reminding ourselves of the love that the Rebbeinu Shalom has to us, and the love that we give to Him, as we read about in the Parsha, that Taka is going to give us the Chizak that we need to bypass all the distractions, bypass all the Mishigasen, and turn deep, deep, deep into our hearts, and connect really with the source itself, with the Rebbeinu Shalom. And that certainly is going to shower us with a lot of happiness. I just want to conclude with a very nice story of Shagav Ivamadalovich, the founder of Tervadas. So he was, uh, originally he was from Hungary. And he had, you know, like an interesting blend of Chassidish, Varmkeit, along with a very strong passion for Steichel learning. And he tried to create that synthesis in Tervadas, that on the one hand it will have a little bit of Heimishkeit, on the other hand it will be a place of high learning. And he worked on it very hard. On the one hand bringing in big Rosh Yeshivas like Yankov Kamenetsky, big Litvish Rosh Yeshivas, but on the other hand also teaching Chassidus and having Fabrengans and the like. And he would urge the Salmidim to go Erev Shabbos to the Mikvah. And, you know, they, they listened to him. Anyway, a group of Talmidim who were Shtarka learners, you know, they were saying, well, what's this minute? That's not something that was common at the time of the 1940s. Where does this come from? And they look it up in Allah, Mishnabur doesn't say anything about going to the Mikvah on Friday. So they go over to him, they say, Rabbi, where, where is this coming from? I mean, Allah doesn't dictate it. That you should go to the Mikvah for Shabbos. So he tells them, he talks to them about the Parsha of the week, which had happened to be Parsha's Bullock. And he says, you look in the Parsha, right? And we all know the story. <coughs> Bullock wants Claudius to be cursed. He calls Bilam. And the Abishai appears to Bilam in the dream, and he says, no, don't go. And it's a back and forth. Eventually, the Abishai lets Bilam go. But each time, he tries to curse, and it doesn't work. And Bilam keeps on repeating these words. Immediately, Balak, you give me a house full of gold and silver. I cannot violate the word of Hashem. So now we think about it. What's wrong with what he's saying? He's saying good. You know, that's, 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 that should be the proper attitude. Says Rav Shagaf no. What Bilam is saying is, I want to curse them. I want to wipe out Klai Yisrael. But what am I going to do? I don't have the ability because my power comes from Hashem. And if he's not going to allow me the power, I can't do it. But he uses the words like, Uchal, I want to. I can't. I'm held back. So it says in Shagavival to this Talmidim, he says to them, you know, of course there's halacha, which is what we have to do. But much more than that is, we want to do the rotsan of the Rebbeinu Shalom. What's going to bring him nachas ruach? What's going to make him happy? And he says, going to the mikvah, the Svarim tell us, it's a preparation for Shabbos. It's adding Kedusha and giving us the spiritual achana that we need to accept Shabbos. So you're right. Halachically, we don't have to do it. But if we want to be close to the Rebbeinah Shalaylam, then these are the kind of things that we should do. So Taka Debesh Taka help. Taka this month of Chodesh Adar, Marvim Simcha, Shiba month of connection. A month of connection, a month of Simcha. We shall be Zayichet too. We shall Nichnas Adar, Marvim Simcha. Shkayach.